The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. Publishing is a mysterious process for a lot of writers. Even authors who've been in this for a long time often have a lot of questions. So we're going to start a new kind of recurring episode on the Christian Publishing Show where we bring in publishing professionals from various parts of a publishing company to tell us about what they do and how it affects you as an author. And today we are being joined by uh, a certain role, Director of Operations. And joining us today is Bradley Isbell. He's the Director of Operations for Iron Stream Media, who you can uh, catch doing CrossFit or headed to Walt Disney World when he's not on a mission trip to Zambia or the Dominican Republic. Bradley, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Hey, Thomas. It's great to be with you today. So what exactly do you do as Director of Operations? So, you know, a lot of people around the office call me Yoda. That has become my name uh, over the years uh, at, at several different publishing companies. Sort of a jack of all trades. Um, if I don't know the answer as, as someone in operations, I am uh, searching to find the answer, fix problems. Um, you never know what a day is going to look like. Uh, helping a customer, helping our owner, helping one of our publishers. Um, it is a problem solver. That is, that is what I, I do constantly as director of operations. And your publishing house, Ironstream Media, which does, uh, and we'll get into what you publish here in a second, um, you have a, an owner CEO role kind of above you, and then you're the person who kind of handles all of the day-to-day operations. Is that how it works? Exactly. Yeah. So John, I've actually been with John for about 10 years now. Um, we started at Student Life, um, where our first brand came from. Uh, they did summer camp and they started creating Bible study curriculum. So John and I have been together through several owners, several several iterations of the company. Uh, but we've, we've been able to work together and sort of uh, work out a relationship where we help and, and figure out things uh, together. But yeah, I serve, uh, serve alongside our, our CEO. And so basically everyone reports to you in the sense that uh, you're the boss of the editorial team and the marketing team and uh, all of the other teams. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. And plus our customer service and our sales team, they all, all funnel th- through me. And then I work with John uh, to make sure we're crossing all the T's and dotting all the eyes. Yeah, and I think that actually would be an important thing to underline. You said sales team, and I think a lot of people don't realize what it is that um, publishers sell and who they sell to, because this is, I think, the biggest differentiator between a traditional publisher and somebody who's going indie is the presence of a sales team. So what is a sales team and what do they do? Yeah, so we at, you know, at Ironstream are lucky just because of our history. We've um, always maintained a strong connection to the consumer directly, as well as churches, just some of our Bible study curriculum we've created in the past. So we have an entire database of direct customers that we reach out to. And um, we have a sales team here in our office, but we also work through our distributor, uh, Baker and Taylor. Um, they have a sales team that represents us to our retail stores and our distributors, CBD, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of those are represented by Baker and Taylor. So we're managing um, sales from two sides. We, we need it to happen uh, directly to the consumer uh, and the church. Um, but also in bookstores. And, and that's, a, that's a different type of relationship. Uh, a lot of long-term work, getting resources in front of buyers early. So um, 
sales team working from both ends, but both very important for a book to be successful. Yeah, it makes sense, right? If a church is going to order 500 copies of your curriculum or of your book, that's worth a phone call. <laughs> that's worth a little bit of, of outreach, especially if they're going to order another 500 copies you know, next year and so on. And that's a lot of like labor, like human labor, building those relationships, talking to people on the phone, which is different from advertising. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that is what our, it is, it's not uncommon for a call, a sales call here in our office, talking to a church to last 20 to 30 minutes, because we're building a relationship, you know, what resource is going to work in their setting? You know, are they reaching students that need a book about sexual purity, or are they looking for something on the old Testament, something, you know, very basic, um, can those are special relationships that it takes time to to build, um, and then our, our you know the retail store. It's just this is this person. This author has contacts. This author has a a goal and a, a marketing plan in place, and we think you can move books. So both very different, but both very important. All right. So walk us through a typical day. Uh, I know every day is different, but like what what did what happened yesterday like are you going from fire to fire like walk us through a normal day for a director of operations yeah so if fire to fire uh, some days that those are those days uh, right now i'm spending a lot of time in, on our catalog um, so this is uh, an important time of year we're working on our catalog for 2019 that will go out not only to our direct customers but to our retail stores um, so this will be what people are looking at, to see what we're releasing over the next year. So spending a lot of time with our marketing team, um, making sure that that has all the information in it. Uh, like I said, Jack of all trades, I have sort of self-taught, um, uh, InDesign and Photoshop. So I'm able to get in there and sort of help, um, with some basic stuff, uh, in the design, I'm definitely not a designer, uh, but text and, and some things like that I can, I can handle, uh, also working, um, over the past few days in, in our royalty system, just getting ready for the new year. Um, we pay royalties uh, twice a year. So making sure that's set up, um, believe it or not, authors like to be paid. Um, so that is an important, uh, an important part of the job as well. Um, and this time of year, um, we get to work on taxes. So that is, that's another fun part of the job. Fun, exciting things in the day of life of a director of operations. Yeah. Taxes. uh, It is important. You do need to pay your taxes. Um, I do want to underline actually the catalog, uh, because this is another thing that's unique about traditional publishers is the existence of a catalog. I mean, when you say catalog, you're not talking about a euphemistic catalog of like list of books on your website. You're talking about an actual physical catalog that you put in the hands of bookstore buyers, right? So the buyer of Lifeway is going to get a physical copy of your catalog, as well as all the churches that, you know, have a church bookstore in the coffee shop, which is actually a huge sales channel. <laughs> like, I remember when I was in college, um, I bought a lot of church books at the church bookstore, like, because those are the ones that were like vetted and uh, approved by uh, my pastor. And so I um, spent a lot of money there. And that's, th- that's what you're doing with this catalog, you're putting it in the hands of those kinds of buyers. Is that right? It's exactly so it, just talking specifically about church bookstores, how important that is, with Baker and Taylor, our distributor, we also work through them with noble sales group. And so constantly they're hitting they're hitting your uh, hometown Christian bookstore, but they're also hitting those church bookstores. And that catalog 
sets us apart. Um, not every publisher is going to do that. They may rely on their distributors catalog and sell sheets, but if they can leave a piece of Ironstream media at the bookstore that sets us apart um, and it sets your book apart. Um, so we, we think it's an important part um, of our business to, to have us uh, provide a, a believe behind piece that points out why a book is important. Um, you know, we're sort of connecting it to other resources we might have. Um, so a, a bookstore owner can see this is part of something bigger. This is a reason I want to put this book on my, on my shelf for my customers. And brick and mortar bookstores, with the notable exception of Amazon's brick and mortar stores, still in general make decisions off of paper <laughs> uh, catalogs, which I guess makes sense since they're selling paper <laughs> books that they continue to use uh, paper so vigilantly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's not always a quick process. You know, that's something that I've learned over the years. You know, bookstore owners are not making a decision today for tomorrow. They're making a decision today for nine months down the road. Um, so it's important. Um, just talking about scheduling, that's another part of my job is we're, we're looking at making sure books are ready and we're putting them in seasons where we have time to work, get the books um, where they need to be, the actual printed books, but also making sure that that marketing collateral and marketing plan and uh, the author is ready to help those bookstores uh, promote. So it's a, it's a long-term uh, plan for each book to, to make sure it's successful. All right. One of the things I like about your role is I can ask you about basically any aspect of the publishing business. So I'm going to kind of skirt across a lot of topics here. We'll bring in uh, you know specific people in the future who will dive deep on sales and dive deep on uh, catalog. Uh, but I think you're the ideal person to kind of kick off this new uh, series. So I want to change directions a little bit and talk about um, working with vendors. This is one of the decisions I mentioned you have to make a lot. Like, what things do you do yourself? What things do you work with vendors? And what uh, criteria do you um, make to determine, oh, yes, we're going to work with this distribution company instead of doing distribution ourselves? Yeah. So, you know, our previous some of our previous owners um, did distribution themselves for uh, to the retail side. And that did not always include a sort of a sales sales team, uh, sales representation. And, and that is one thing that we have loved about Baker and Taylor. They have, they have partnered with us. They're representing us uh, every few months at uh, all the, big chains, you know, Barnes and Noble. Um, we actually are doing some presenting to Mardell and Hobby Lobby and, and other, other retail outlets. Uh, but that sort of partnership aspect is, is one of the big things that went into us choosing, um, uh, Baker and Taylor. And that was not a quick decision. You know, we met with multiple distributors to figure that out. Um, Part of it is also sort of uh, cash and revenue, figuring out uh, what is going to be best for us, but what is also best for the author, making sure that, um, you know, if a book is dinged, you know, 40% by the distributor on, on top of what uh, we've already had to sell it to um, a retail outlet for, you know, the author is getting hit 
by that. <laughs> so we want to make sure the author is making what they they should when their books sell into retail stores. So that's an important part. Uh, the next biggest uh, vendor that I deal with is our print partners, making sure books are getting printed. And that um, a lot of the time it depends on how many we think a book can sell. We'll sort of decide, does this book need to be printed overseas to get a good price? Can this be printed in the United States? Um, timeline, um, that'll determine. We have um, multiple vendors across the country that help us print. Um, and it all depends on the type of book. Some people are good at uh, perfect bound. Some people are good at hardback. Um, but also looking at that price, who can get stuff done in a timely manner with quality that we like. Um, and even over the past year, there's been book, uh, you know, people that have printed for us that we're like, you know, we like you, good relationship, but the quality is just not there. Um, and we're wanting to make sure that people um, it first enjoy the book, the content, but their book does not need to fall apart. <laughs> we need to be happy with the quality. Um, so yeah, making sure that the books are uh, at a good price, um, but also uh, high quality is when we work with vendors, um, that that's important. Yeah. One of the things uh, I know a lot of people, this is because this is a question for all businesses, right? I mean, I remember studying this in business school, build versus buy, right? When do you build it yourself? And when do you buy a solution from another company? And you're looking at the cost, right? Because building it yourself is always way more expensive than you think it's going to be. Because learning how to do something is very expensive. <laughs> exactly. Just thinking about sort of outsourcing and then in-house, we're lucky um, just with our editorial team and design team that we've we've been able to have in the office. There's a lot of stuff we can do here. Um, book covers, we're able to do uh, full mechanicals, you know, that full back cover and spine. There's things we can do, our, our marketing um copy editing. We have all those tools here in the office. Uh, but now as we continue to sort of grow our business, we're figuring out, you know, what, what man hours, uh, what, <laughs> what is it worth sending out instead of learning? And then what do we need to keep in the office? So it's, it's always a balance, making sure we're utilizing the resources we have um, at, a hundred percent capacity, uh, but also not straining. And if there's something that makes sense to send out, um, that, you know, that they know how to do it. Um, they can do it cost effectively instead of us spending resources here. Uh, that's uh, an important part of, of making sure that we're getting as many books out as possible, but also taking care of uh, our staff. Yeah, which is good. And before you think, oh, you know, every publisher should do everything in-house, just remember, you don't grow your own wheat. <laughs> you don't uh, make your own clothes. This is the essence of modern civilization is different people doing different things and staying in their expertise. So it's not always a good idea to do something yourself. Sure, you could grow potatoes in your backyard, but chances are there's something else you can do that will get you a better return on your time. Uh, I, I do want to talk about this mysterious thing that many authors are terrified of, pub board. What is pub board and what is a pub board meeting like? Yeah. So for us at Ironstream, pub board is, I'm going to call it a process. We have kind of thought about what this is. It's not a one day thing. It's a, um, our pub board normally involves Ramona Richard. She's our associate publisher. Um, all of our submissions sort of feed through her. Um, and we have um, sort of a brand identity that we are seeking to sort of 
uh, stick to. Um, and all across our, our, our imprints that we sort of produce uh, products under, um, we're looking for stuff that fits into our Iron, Iron Stream identity. Um, so Ramona will um, go through our submissions, and then when she finds something, it'll go to uh, Reagan, who's our copy editor, but also sort of acts as one of our first readers. And she'll tell us, is this worth it? Is this something that we should discuss as a team? So uh, about once a month, we will actually pull together three to four uh, submissions that we think have potential. Um, we'll hand those around a select group of the team I, I, as operations. I'm lucky enough to be on that as well. So I read a lot uh, at home. <laughs> I don't have time to do it here. Uh, uh, submissions. And then we'll gather as a team and uh, first talk about the content of a, of a book. Is this something that we, we agree on that could fit into what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish? And then we look at the author, sort of what... What platform do they have? Are they willing to engage with us uh, in a marketing plan? And then we decide sort of, does this book have uh, ancillary resources that can be created around it? Uh, we have history of creating Bible study content uh, around books. So is there potential to, to grow this author in new ways? And if at that point, we agree as a team, this is something that uh, we'd like to pursue. We start reaching out to the agent or the author and pursue a contract. Uh, so it's uh, we go through a lot of submissions, um, you know, making sure not every book is going to fit with us. We, we have multiple imprints that we're able to place books under. That doesn't always mean they're going to fit that... Uh, it's something we want to pursue. Doesn't mean that the book is bad. <laughs> it may be picked up the next day from another publisher. You never, you never know. Um, but we're looking for things that sort of uh, gel with what we're trying to accomplish um, at Ironstream. Yeah, I want to underline that because I, I think if you if you weren't listening carefully, you may have missed it. Bradley is on the pub board, which means he is one of the people who has to say yes to your book <laughs> as the director of operations. So often as an author, it's very easy to be so focused on winning over the editor and so focused on winning over the agent that you forget the other people on that team. So it's marketing people, salespeople, it's um, people like Bradley, kind of the, the suits, if you will, though Bradley seems like a pretty nice guy. But in the room, right, you're the boss. Uh, he's, uh, you're the one who, you know, right, signs the checks potentially or, or helps make hiring and firing decisions uh, along with the with the owner. And you you have a lot of weight, right? Like if you say no to a book, that book doesn't get published. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say, you know, from the leadership standpoint, but also that marketing sales team, those are probably the two most important um, decision makers on if a book is picked up with us. You know, if a book does not have uh, potential and an author is not willing to engage with us and be a partner to make sure their book uh, succeeds and that they're reaching out on, uh, you know, a bare minimum social media, but also willing to engage with events and engage with their readers and launch teams. You know, if an author is not willing to do that uh, at, at the beginning and sort of tell us what their plans are, that's almost an immediate this is just not going to work um, because we're looking for people that are going to partner with us. Uh, you can be a great, that doesn't mean you have to speak and do events uh, constantly. Uh, so some authors, you know, maybe you're an introvert. Uh, that, that, that's okay. Uh, but you have to be willing to share your message. You, uh, I, I send out author updates a lot when I do royalty statements. One of the biggest things I always say is you are your book's biggest advocate. Um, we are going to help you get the book to where it needs to be. We're going to sell it. 
and give them marketing plans and ideas of way to stage this in their store. But if you as the author don't love your work and want to share it and be passionate about it, um, we're going to have issues. <laughs> so uh, an author, author is their biggest advocate of their own book. Yeah, no other phrase has killed more uh, book proposals, perhaps, than the phrase from the marketing person or the salesperson, I don't know how to sell this, or I don't think this will sell. Because <laughs> there's no rebuttal that the editor can give, right? The editor's in love with the book, and it's like, this is an amazing book, and the marketing person says, I don't think this will sell. There's no re rebuttal editor, but it's so beautifully written, that's not an effective rebuttal. And if you want to learn innovative ways of selling more books, I have another podcast. I'll give it a plug real quick called the Novel Marketing Podcast. You can find it at novelmarketing.com. And it's all about what works and what doesn't when it comes on uh, comes to book promotion. So I encourage you to check that out. It's one of the oldest uh, book marketing podcasts uh, on the uh, iTunes store. It's, we've been around since uh, 2014, I think. Uh, so anyway, I encourage you to check that out uh, because it really does matter. Even if you are planning to traditionally publish, your platform really does uh, matter. Um, Bradley, I want uh, to, you to tell us a little bit about Ironstream Media. Um, what kind of authors are you looking for and what kind of books do you print? And kind of walk us through your imprints real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. So Ironstream actually has... Uh a long history, uh, several owners, John Herring's our current owner. And like I said, John and I have worked together for almost 10 years um, at several different companies. Ironstream was started out of student life camps uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, did summer camp uh, uh, since the 90s. Um, and in 2004, had a passion to start Bible study curriculum. We had uh, youth pastors that you know, enjoyed camp, enjoyed that experience. And then we were looking for ways to engage with them throughout the year. So student life Bible study was um, started. Um, and then from that life Bible study was started uh, for adults. Um, so out of that, we were able to sort of get the publishing and the, the content creation uh, process under our legs. And uh, in 2010, we actually uh, that part of the company was purchased by NavPress and the Navigators, uh, uh, part of Tyndall now. Uh, and in 2013, John, uh, who had worked uh, with Student Life in the past in NavPress, actually was able to purchase Student Life and Life Bible Study. And we set that back up under Iron Street Media, a new company uh, sort of seeking to create new content for churches. Um, our first um, sort of publishing uh, print publishing job, uh, you know, for trade was a Bible uh, that we created uh, with a ministry called Time to Revive. They do uh, revival events all across the country. It's a special little Bible with tabs on it. Um, and from that, uh, we sort of uh, started learning the publishing process. So it's been uh, really self-taught. We, we have brought uh, experts all, uh, alongside us Uh and that's where we are today. You know, in, in 2017, we actually were able to purchase New Hope Publishers, um, which is really what got us into the trade business, into to retail stores. So I'm going to I'm going to stop you real quick because uh, you just used some jargon that I think it's important for us to explain. Uh, what is the trade business? What do you mean by the trade? Yeah, so the trade business would be your traditional bookstores, your Amazon, your uh, Barnes and Noble. It's a instead of going directly uh, to the church. 
research into the consumer like we do. If we were just to sell a book on New Hope Publishers, that would be fine or Iron Stream Media. Uh, but we are uh, placing books out into the general marketplace. So uh, there may be a book that gets picked up by uh, Walmart. We'd love that. Uh, Sam's Club, you never know. Uh, but getting them in, in those general bookstores and making books available out to the market. And that's as opposed to selling curriculum or kind of more specialty type um, works. Exactly, which which we still love doing. You know, we have a writing team that works with Life Bible Study. We're actually working on some projects now through that brand uh, that uh, will not hit uh, not hit your bookstore, but they'll be available through other venues. You know, we're we're really good. We've sort of mastered that that process, and and since two thousand four, you know, we have thousands and thousands of churches that have used our curriculum. Uh, so that's an important part of our business, um, but not. Uh, isn't necessarily hitting the bookstore shelf. Right. You know, a bookstore only has room for so much curriculum and a lot of successful curriculum is very focused. Yeah, so, you know, it's focused around a certain denomination or a certain, uh, you know, non-church organization or like Young Life, right? It's a huge organization. And if they rolled out a curriculum to all of their students, that's a lot of purchases, but not purchases that would happen through a Lifeway or through at Amazon.com. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, any other imprints that um, you have? Yeah, so this year we're actually able, uh, we're starting several new imprints. Uh, new Hope Publishers and Life Bible Study are still our two legacy brands. Um, but we're discovering that as we grow um, and sort of continue to receive more and more submissions, we're seeing books that we love, uh, but may not necessarily fit in that traditional uh, New Hope brand. Uh, New Hope has been around for uh, decades, uh, was a part of the Women's Missionary Union at uh, connected to the Southern Baptist Convention. So it has a look and feel uh, <laughs> that uh, not all books are going to fit into. Um, great resources, uh, lots of resources for women, um, but we're discovering that we want to be able to publish different things. Um, so this year we, we're launching uh, something called Iron Stream Books that is more of a looking for a broader audience, uh, millennials, looking at leadership topics, um, spiritual growth, but for that, um, that broader 21st century audience. Um, and that uh, is able where we're able to pick up some different types of books. And that's the importance of an imprint. So, you know, we're able to publish different things, but also keep that identity that we find in Proverbs 27, 17 about uh, iron sharpening iron. We're able to continue our focus on discipleship and providing resources for all readers, um, but with different types of books. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a Bible study. It doesn't have to be a, a romantic uh, novel. <laughs> it can be. It can be really anything. But if it ties back to our, our our identity, it's something we can publish through any one of our imprints. Oh, those mysterious millennials. <laughs> As a millennial myself, uh, I used to have a re recurring segment on a local Christian radio station, like explaining and defending millennials. <laughs> the, the host would bring me on and be like, what about this? Blah, 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 millennials. And I have to try to defend my whole generation. It was quite the experience, but it was what got me my start in radio. So that's something. It's a, Yeah, it, it is an important group. I'm a millennial, obviously. Uh, you know, it, you never, it, it's, it's always a learning process. What do they, what are we looking to create? What does a millennial want? Um, so we, we spent a lot of time looking at uh, research. Uh, I'm, I'm working through um, last year's uh, Barna research uh, on millennials, just sort of figuring out what, 
what what am I? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, I need somebody else to tell me what, what I want. Um, and so that that's important. We spend a lot of time looking at, at the resources and submissions that are coming across our, our, our boards to decide what do we need to publish and, and where does it fit. At some point, I'm going to definitely do an episode on writing for uh, millennials because I think it's important to understand the similarities and uh, the differences of that uh, generation. Um, real quick, we're almost out of time, but I want to ask one more question. Uh, you, we used another jargon word, I realize we probably should explain for our newer listeners, and that is imprint. Uh, what is an imprint? Yeah, so an imprint is just a different brand or identity that we use um, under our, our parent company, Ironstream. Uh, so we create a completely different brand with an identity that uses our same team internally, our same marketing processes, sales processes. But it's a way for us to sort of position a book um, in front of a different type of audience, um, somebody that may be hesitant to pick up say a new hope book that in the past new hope has been primarily female traditional doesn't mean there's not men's books there uh but has sort of a i don't want to say a stigma that's bad but uh as a has a look and feel we're able to place a book in front of a different market uh where um maybe it doesn't have that um that look and feel of a, of a different brand of, a, of new hope. We're able to create that resource for, I'll, I'll mention Ascender. That is um, one of the brands that, uh, imprints that we're starting this year. It is going to be really developed more for the spirit led community, sort of looking at spiritual warfare, um, study of scripture, just a, a different type of resources that would have never been published in the past under new hope or one of our other imprints. Um, so it's a, it's a way to position ourselves in front of customers in different ways. It's like another product line or brand uh, from the same company, just like McDonald's uh, partly owned Chipotle for a while. So a health conscious customer who would have never walked into a McDonald's would have been very happy walking into a Chipotle to get some locally grown um, produce. Exactly. And ha- have they learned? Did they learn from each other? Uh, I, d- I don't know yet. <laughs> well, but it's it's about, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks, right? Like d- different people are wanting something different. A McDonald's buyer's wanting exactly the same experience every time, which you cannot get with fresh produce, right? So, whereas a Chipotle person doesn't care if the lettuce, you know, tastes a little different because it came from Farmer Brown's field as opposed to Farmer Smith's field, right? The, they love that, the, the variety. So, in that sense, people are looking for different things and imprints with a publisher allows you to use the same kind of skilled team to reach different um, markets almost speak different languages to different communities exactly and and we want them to eventually know that so to see these imprints are coming from ironstream media and they create quality resources and so even if i'm only going to pick up an ascender book or only i'm going to pick up a new hope book i know they're coming from a dedicated team that is intentional about what they're creating and um, are going to continue to create serious resources that are that are have excellent quality. So it may be something new, look different, but it comes from Ironstream, so it's quality, and that's what we're seeking to do. 
There you go. All right. So uh, tell us about your new podcast. Yeah. So we have just launched uh, the Iron Stream podcast. Uh, it's a way for us to uh, let listeners connect to our authors in a little bit different way. Um, so each season, as we release books, we're going to be uh, releasing episodes uh, from our um, from our authors, uh, talk a little bit about their new book, uh, but also what uh, is their passion, what they're seeking, uh, seeking to do, what they're doing ministry wise, and uh, just what they're passionate about. Uh, our first episode was with Randy Hemphill. It's, it's out available from your favorite podcast provider right now. But Randy, uh, his new book, The Restored Man, uh, just looks at the restorative process that men can go through uh, in their relationship with God. And he talked about that. Randy's passionate about men's ministry, but uh, has done a lot of cool things too. Uh, He's hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, He likes to talk about that, uh, restoring cars. Uh, So Randy's a a fun guy, but we're hoping this is just a new way for people to uh, engage with our authors and potentially sell, sell the new book or two. All right. And we will have links to that podcast uh, in the show notes. If you just scroll down in your app, you can tap to go straight to the website for that podcast. We also have a link to Ironstream's website uh, where you can see the kind of books they publish and also see their submission guidelines. If, As Bradley's been talking, you'll be like, ooh, this sounds like a publisher that I think I may have a, a book for. They have their guidelines on what they're looking for and how to submit there as well as Bradley on Twitter, if you want to follow him there. And very briefly, we have our sponsor today is the Christian Writers Institute. And our course of the week is the Legal Bundle. This is actually a bundle of several different courses that help you with the kind of legal side of publishing. So do you need an agent? How to handle ghostwriting and collaboration, like how to handle that relationship, but also how to handle that uh, legally. Uh, understanding copyright law, a whole session on the book contract and more. And as always, you can save 10% on checkout. Uh, you've been listening to the Christian Publishing Show with Thomas Umstadt and Bradley Isbell. Bradley, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. It was great to be with you. Thank you for listening to The Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit christianpublishingshow.com.